So, I don't. I think it goes without saying that we've both watched Gay Olympics. Mm-hmm. Gay Olympics are just gay sports. We watched I mean, the race. I mean, drag race is kind of like the Olympics of drag in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reunited episode one was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Hmm. It was. It was better than having them sit in a room fighting each other. <laughs> Throwing shade, I know. <laughs> or like sitting in a Zoom chat fighting each other, which happened last year. I know. I I was um I was kind of curious when I saw the preview that they were each going to debut a music video, and um some of those I just I knew it was like oh gosh Tina Burners is going to be all red, yellow, and orange. Um, you know, it was just. It was just not cute. And then I knew Utica was going to have something weird. Um, ironically, my favorite video was Joey J's <laughs> with the NSYNC, like, um, yeah, the Lance Bass cameo, the whole, like, uh, even the concept though was interesting. Like Joey J <laughs> dressed up so many like characters and he like, dressed up as members of NSYNC. I was, I was pleased yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, I think Julie turned to me and was like, she is a high production queen. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think it actually might have been the the best produced video as well. Yeah. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was so good. What did you think about the the Zoom lip sync for your legacy between Denali and Lala Ree? Because technically, I don't know if you realize this, they lip lip sync against each other in the first episode that was like in the lip sync tournament it was denali versus lala and no offense to lala re i like her but denali turned it out on skates the first time and she lost and i was like (laughs) right what's going on here i was surprised about um i was surprised about that Mm -hmm. um and i think i think that they have like their own separate flavors but that denali still was the winner yeah. The victor? Yeah. Like, uh, Lala Ree... Go ahead. Is to- uh, sorry. <laughs> Lala, Lala, Lala Ree is totally like a video hoe. <laughs> yeah. She's, I, I love her personality, but I was like... Mm-hmm. I was, first of all, shocked when she beat Denali in that first episode. And then for Rue to put them up against each other again last night, I was like, oh my god. Denali, no offense, better not win this. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or sorry, Lala Ree better not win this. Because Denali turns it out like... Denali's a sick lip syncer. I thought they were gonna pull out and she'd have skates on. <laughs> yeah. She didn't. Um, what do you think out of all those queens that were eliminated, mm. who do you think is most likely to come back for all stars? Um Joey J. Oh. Um Utica. You think Utica? And that there's I know that I, I know that I thought about this last night while I was watching too. And I was like, ooh, remember that just in case you talk about it. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. I don't think it'll be Olivia Locks. Like, yeah, she's strange. strangely I don't see more coming from Olivia. She's cute, but I don't think uh, she's totally there um, experience-wise. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, like Tina, someone like Tina Burner is 
too far gone experience wise. It's like, girl, you, you got <laughs> way too much skin in the game. You barely need RuPaul's Drag Race. You shouldn't need RuPaul's Drag Race at this point. It was like seeing, um, oh, who was that drag queen on UK? Older? Oh, Joe Black. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Okay, Joe Black. I found this out. I was shocked. <clears throat> Joe Black looks older. Apparently, Joe Black is 31. Shut up. I, I am six years older than Joe Black. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, no, no, no tea, no shade, but, like, Hard drugs, drugs and long nights. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was like, wow. Like, yeah, Joe Black's not old, but looks a little haggard. Wow. Okay. We still okay. stand though. I mean, we. Do you remember? Do you remember that pirate ship headpiece in the finale? That fascinator, mm-hmm. iconic. Just, yes. It was iconic. <laughs> Love her. Yeah, and like, had she not said H and M, I was like, oh. I would. I died because she's the kind of like mortician, like librarian at the morgue that I want to be. Okay. Speaking of H and M, and this is, I swear, my last deviation. Um, I read a very interesting article on Vice this morning about um, the cost of drag and competing in drag professionally with more of like a lens and a focus on drag race. But they're saying mm-hmm. some of these girls have to spend, and they, they, they did like rough math um, for a full season of outfits. So that's like what, 12 runways and plus, yeah. you know, maxi challenges. They're spending upwards of 5,500 American dollars for their outfits. And, and then it, it like one of the slides, like I, I looked through the slides first and then I read the article because I'm responsible. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the slides was talking about how like a lot of these girls do rely on H and M and, you know, ASOS and everything. And, you know, sometimes they do have to like just rhinestone the shit out of stuff. And I was like, honestly, I get that, you know? So it's kind of like, <sighs> I feel bad for like people like Joe Black that were like H and M, but it's like, really? They, what else are they going to do? Like drags become so competitive. The cost of living has gone up. You know, everything is just crazy. So like, I don't blame these girls for going to H&M, but also at the same time, it does look, you know, a little. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, it was like a sewing challenge, I guess. So I can see, yeah. I can see why they could be picky about it. But um, yeah. I, I mean, I love to brag when I find a good off the rack to like incorporate into the ensemble and it's like and it's super cute yeah but yeah and it's a it's a tough call because drag race what going on 14 13 seasons now this is season 13 of the american yeah yeah it's like where 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 are they supposed to go now like where are they supposed to go to find drag queens out the moon i will tell you what the next logical step is they are doing international all-stars mm which I'm so excited about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. I really have to. I really have to watch uh, the Thailand because uh, you. What did you say? It was like two seasons available two, of that now. There's two seasons of Thailand, um, and I don't know how much you keep up with with Thai culture, but um, the judge on Drag Race Thailand, her name is Panjina Heels. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of her. She is incredible as a drag queen. She's a drag queen herself, and she freaking turns it out to anybody that's interested in drag race go on youtube and watch pangina heels lip sync to telephone by lady gaga it's wild (laughs) i think my sister is more versed uh and and i i feel like that's a household name for her 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard. I think I feel like I've heard her say it because she'll just be talking, like talking. If we had a Drag Race podcast, which we sort of do, unofficially, um, do. <laughs> yeah, unofficially, she'd be the one. Well, yeah, that's good so, to keep in mind for for future <laughs> hot takes from, from your sister. <laughs> yeah, full full volume podcast after dark. Yes, ooh, and after dark. Yes. Speaking of, welcome. Uh, oh, hello and welcome to the Full Volume Podcast. I am your host, G.I. Jolie, and as always, I'm joined by the other host. Harvey Brent. Yeah, and today we're going to be discussing the penultimate episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Last week's episode, we saw the craziest death I've ever seen. Um, we were, it was just like, down in the dumps there was no there was nothing great about that episode but it was great one of the greatest episodes i think right i think you had said that it was one of the better episodes for sure yes Mm -hmm. last week yes yeah um and i'll let brent kind of recap recap ish ruthless um yeah (laughs) so (laughs) you're gonna put me on the spot there um so the episode actually opens with um the fallout of what happened last episode for those of you that maybe didn't listen to our charming voices last week um captain america aka john walker went just batshit after battlestar was killed chased down one of the super soldiers and killed him in full view of all civilians in town square of Riga. I, th- I think they're still in Riga at that point. Yes. Um, so, and you know, that last imagery was the, the shield tainted in blood. Um, and then we pick up right from there where, um, you know, John Walker is, you know, intercepted almost immediately by um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and a, and a fight breaks out. Um, and it was, it was a pretty cool fight scene, actually. Um, it was, you know, again, a lot of these in Falcon Winter Soldier, a lot of these battles are a lot more physical and a lot less, um, fantastical and supernatural based. Um, obviously of course there's super soldiers, so they're strong, but it's, it's a lot more fists and hands, you know? Um, so it was, it was a cool fight scene. Sam gets his wings ripped off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, Sam, fuck him up. <laughs> I know. Well, they kind of do. They break his arm. I think they like break it backwards, which I was like, you know, ouch, my goucha. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then they they end up um, seizing uh, Captain America's shield, which, mm-hmm. like, thank God. Uh, so that's that's the opening. That's that's the pretense going into this episode. Um, can I remember the exact order of, of things that have happened throughout the rest of the episode? No, but I can, I can paint it to you in broad strokes. Um, okay. so I mean, start this, with blue, <laughs> the blue, uh, the, um, I think the main, I mean, again, these, these scenes are interspersed throughout the episode, but this episode in particular, what I liked about this one, I'm not saying I like the episode, but what I liked about this episode is, um, the conversations had between, Sam and Isaiah Bradley, a.k.a. the first ever unofficial Captain America who was black. Um, and so I I really that kind of came full circle to me this week about how, like, you know, he should he should not want to take up the mantle of Captain America. And it, it was hinted at um, either in the last episode or the episode before how, you know, Captain America 
at its current incarnation, aka white male, um, does not represent half of America, right? So Isaiah is telling Sam, you know, you shouldn't want to be Captain America because Captain America, you know, is is a form of the establishment, and the establishment is not for black people. I love that. That was a great, you know, scene. It really drove home, you know, the merits behind being Captain America. Um, and I think actually Bucky had a fun little, um, it wasn't the same scene. It was either before or after this, this interaction with Isaiah Bradley in Baltimore, but Bucky also had a quick, quick blip about, um, apologizing to Sam about like, you know, I didn't really think about the implications of you being Captain America. I'm sorry. Like, you know, he just didn't, you know, it was a matter of illuminating perspective for, for Bucky, which I thought was very cool as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and that is about, I would say that's that's all that I liked about this episode. Also, the amazing cameo we had from yes. <laughs> Seinfeld's own <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, but um, this episode, I mean, if you want to, I don't know, do you want to tease it apart, like, scene by scene? Or do you just, well, just want to talk it out? Like, give me... We can just talk it out, too. Like, honestly, this one's probably going to be, like, one of the shorty shorts. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. Because I agree, it wasn't one of the best episodes, but it was definitely, like, it was your two towers, what I like to call your two towers episode, where there's no real beginning because it takes place in the height of action and there's no real end because, you know, it leads into something else. Um, So I really... Just going off the really brief plot summary that you did, I really like what they did with Bucky's character because I feel like they they are giving us more of Sam's character and Bucky um, in a way that we've been craving for the last, like, four episodes. They didn't give us... They gave us one scene where you can see actual chemistry. And I remember Jeff had mentioned that there wasn't any chemistry that he could pinpoint between the two characters. But that boat scene where he's like, don't you flirt with my sister. And they're like drinking. I thought they were drinking White Claw. They're drinking Heineken or whatever. But like they're drinking beers together. And like he accidentally flirts with Sam's sister because he's just so charming. He's like the perfect 1940s male. He's a babe. Right. He's a babe. There's there's no way around it. No, he just can't help it. Um, I, I, I like that they had that conversation because... Uh, or that he had that conversation with Sam and he acknowledged that he's still kind of catching up to um, what the real America looks like and his how his privilege uh, and what the, uh, like what his privilege looks like and his role in the in this sort of world mm-hmm. um, because it's it seems like he's still kind of. Uh, after being sort of half deprogrammed, 95% deprogrammed, um, he's still kind of like looking for um, significance. And he really misses, I think Steve Rogers was that complete picture for him. And with Steve gone, he was kind of trying to pawn that off on Falcon. And Falcon wasn't being receptive. He just couldn't understand why you wouldn't want to represent your country. And they gave us very good reasons. Um, what else happened in the episode? Oh, uh, John Walker. <clears throat> there's this that right before Julie, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's cameo. Which, how did they keep that a secret? My God, 
I, I know. Apparently, she was supposed to appear first in Black Widow, which is oh. shocking. But I mean, also, Black Widow's been delayed like a million, three hundred thousand, eight hundred twenty times. So, you know, this wasn't supposed to be her first appearance. <laughs> no, true. Um, so he has a military trial where they strip him of his, they strip him of the title. They, uh, they dis, do they dishonorably char- char- discharge him? They said there was a discharge with, um, they didn't say dishonorable, but there was something about like with, um, it was like a, a general discharge or something. Yeah. They're like, you're discharged and it's any, anything but honorable. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It had some weird wording to it. And I was like, I don't speak, I don't speak alpha male military. I don't know what that means. No, me neither. <laughs> I don't speak, swing my dick around. What? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> airplane um, maybe I do sort of can I identify the words um, he, he I also again I can see from his perspective right everyone's like he's like are you just going to discount I felt I felt kind of bad for him for a second he was like are you going to discount all of the things I did for this country even after this and it's like but but I don't think you get it you killed somebody on foreign soil and like it's on a million world stars like yeah uh yeah. so yeah you're getting off easy like you're lucky we're not throwing you you're lucky that um the like the un security council isn't calling for your head on a stick mm-hmm. um and then and then what was really funny was like and yeah we're gonna need you to return captain america's shield asap please yeah, yeah he did say <laughs> like some... the american government owns it well that's very interesting because i right after that scene julia louis trafis comes up as um valentina i know that mm-hmm. contessa, contessa. Defontaine, Allegra. Oh, Allegra! Damn it! Yes, and it sounds like a drag queen. It actually does sound like a drag queen. I was thinking, I'm like, I'm gonna remember this because of the drag queen Valentina. Um, that's how I remembered it in my head. The um, but that was a really interesting scene. First thing I noticed is um, if she is truly going to be set up to be a bigger part of the MCU going forward, I am. One million percent behind that between her and Catherine Hahn just chewing scenery because make no mistake, she chewed up that entire scene she was in. Yeah, she bit into that like a Big Mac. Just oh, yeah, yeah. Vanity Fair wrote about her appearance. Yeah, I saw that too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, it okay, was, <laughs> it was fantastic, just like the level of confidence <laughs> and like she just she rules her own world, this character, and I love it. We love we love seeing strong women. We don't know. I assume she has villainous tendencies because she's interested in, you know, someone with the moral character of John Walker. Um, but I'm here for it. I'm so yeah. here for it. So just a little smidge in the background. Apparently, she is an agent of Leviathan. And this is as far as my knowledge goes, <clears throat> which is sort of I don't want to say sort of like Hydra because we will get chewed out. Mm. But they're not the good guys. No, she is convinced by Nick Fury, um, who she meets, and I'm not sure when in the comics continuity this is, um, but she is convinced to join Shield. 
by Nick Fury, and she uses it as an opportunity to spy on the good guys for Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up, though, kind of dating Steve, who at the time is dating Sharon Carter. Um, so, yeah, there's like some love triangles going on. But at the same time as well, Nick Fury likes her, too. I so, was going to say, didn't she and Nick Fury also date? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess there was like it, it all came to a head at one point and like Nick made her choose. She chose Nick, obviously. Obviously. I don't know. I mean, like, anyway, I would have chosen Nick Fury. Steve Rogers is like cool, blonde, blue eyes, but like, mm, but like, definitely, me. definitely only does missionary. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, yeah, and like, and I just don't imagine those hips move out of joint. Anyway, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a Kendall. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a spot on representation of how he probably moves. Mm-hmm. when it matters yeah <laughs> anyways um so yeah that, um... sorry i had snap back to uh snap back to reality okay so Valen- valentina she's she's been around for a while too like she i think i was reading that she um unofficially cameoed premiered either, either 67 or 69 but then they brought her in uh more or less come 1972 and she's been like a consistent, albeit minor presence through a lot of Marvel comics since then. Yes. Yeah, she debuted in 19... Oh, Strange Tales, number 159, created by... Did I see somewhere? Yeah, that she was created by Jim Steranko. That's mm. crazy. In the in the 60s, 1967. So 70s yes. is crap. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, uh, lately, um, I think... She definitely is supposed to be uh, coming into the plot uh, right around Black Widow. Um, we don't know what that looks like yet, though, unfortunately. No. Uh, because When's that coming whenever, out May? Uh, four years from now, 10 years from now, <laughs> 21 years from now. I think they're going to release it on the anniversary, the 25th anniversary of my death. Oh, it's yeah. going yeah, that's gonna be we we got a second. Okay, well hang tight. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I'm trying to find out, or I read somewhere that she's part of this other group of um women led by Sharon Carter. I think they're called like the Femme. So stupid, the Femme Fatales or something. It's like a a women only powerhouse group. Uh, created by shield it's like probably sometime in the 90s Mm. i can only imagine i would be not honestly surprised if it was early 2000s really not shocked if it was in the 80s but um i would be flabbergasted if it was like two months ago yeah because that's like a weird thing like women can't be in a super group unless they're with other women uh and Sharon Carter's the leader. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. This is the first I'm hearing of this group. So I, yeah, I feel that I don't have much to. <laughs> to... But I am like you. Sorry, <laughs> very excited for her to be in this universe. Oh my god, so excited! If she like, I mean, again, I don't know the magnitude of how much they're going to use her going forward. If she really is like the anti Nick Fury, recruiting all these morally questionable dirtbags like John Walker, I'm here for it. I would love mm-hmm. for her to be like a consistent connective tissue through a lot of these Marvel movies, but on the villain side, that would be 
Magnifique. Yes. And then the chef's kiss of that group would be Super Soldier Carly. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Right? Who is busy in the middle of a like in the middle of a park full of children acquiring bo- bombs. Something of the sort that she got from George St. Pierre from from our native land. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> from Canada. Isn't he? Like Can- the he's MMA fighter? Yeah, that's who plays that's who plays um not Dovich. Who's who's the name of the guy? He's in the first episode and he's back this episode. Um oh my gosh. Sharon Carter was on the phone with him and he was yelling at Ooh. her in French. <laughs> that's it. He is definitely from Montreal. He is. I knew he was French Canadian. Yeah. Oh wow. We stand. Oh yeah. French Oh, that's why I was like, you know what? That's why I recognize his face. Yeah. All those a- like sitting at the bar. There he is on the TV. There, while, while we're at the Walkerville Tavern, having a pint. Mm, obviously, like, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Um, <laughs> but no, so yeah, he's he's in the scene. And he's, um, yeah, like I said, he was in the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then he was also, I think, in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Was he not? Mm-hmm. I think he was in the opening to that. This isn't his first time in the MCU. Okay. Where oh. were we? Oh, we yeah. were just at George St. Pierre, who's talking to the power broker. I'm just going to, this is the third time we've said it. Brent called it. Sharon Carter is the power broker. I'm just going to refer to her by her Christian name now. <laughs> PB. <laughs> power broker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> she, she, yeah, well, I don't know now. I actually, I'm actually, my confidence has decreased a little bit this episode <laughs> because it's been so obvious. You know what I mean? Like they they want you now to think after this episode, because yeah, she was talking to George St. Pierre on the phone. Um, it's pretty much a given at this point that she's the one that set up Carly with what Carly needed. So I think I, I if Sharon Carter is not the power broker, she is working with the power broker. Who could be possibly Valentina? Oh, that's you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, I it was weird the way they wrote it this episode. Like, it was very obvious. I was like, that's not much of a twist surprise reveal. So I'm no. Yeah, I don't know which way they're going to go with that. Um, I know that Leviathan, sorry, somewhere in her history, um, Victor Von Doom comes up. And I know yes. that they've been to Latveria, La- Latvia. They've been to Latvia. Latvia. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Marvel's just going to be like, Latveria doesn't exist. It's Latvia. <laughs> it's possible. We'll see what they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Oh, also, we get the biggest, best montage. Like, it's the one I've been waiting for. It, and it's the one that makes me um, ashamed and unafraid to be totally straight. Um, we got the Anthony Mackie super superist soldier Work training montage. montage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, it was incredible, and like I'm gonna go watch it like five times. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I do have a I do have a problem with it. My problem oh. is before the montage scene, there is a scene of Bucky and Sam throwing the shield, and Sam seemed to be a lot more competent in catching it. But then came the training montage and he was struggling. And I was like, these these seem out of order a bit. 
Like, it was just the, his competencies were out of order. So, love the scene. Don't get me wrong. It just felt mm-hmm. weirdly out of place. <laughs> Even when they were talking, it felt like they filmed that. I remember seeing parts of that in the trailer. I was like, did they film this, like, first? Yeah. And then get back to it? Because it also, it also felt the dialogue, the acting felt stilted. Mm. So. That's actually, and you know what? There's something about this episode. I, I kind of started the episode by saying there's stuff I like, like the, you know, the racial acknowledgement of the responsibility of Captain America. But there's actually mm-hmm. a lot about this episode that I was not, that was not cute. I didn't, it, it just, the episode like completely took its foot off the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's not like anything was poorly written. I'm just like, how do you expect in one more remaining episode to bring us a satisfying conclusion? What's the end game here? Are you really going to tie up Carly's super soldier, the power broker, you know, both their plots, you know, um, I, I guess by the end of this episode, Sam has agreed to take on the mantle of Captain America with a suit from Wakanda. So I, I guess they tied that up, but like, what about Bucky's baggage, you know, from the beginning of this, of this season, there's a lot that I just don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to properly tie up at the end of next episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm worried about it too. I mean, this episode was like an hour long. long. I woke up. Yeah. I like, you know, sometimes in the morning you wake up, it's like 6 30 AM and you can't get back to sleep. It was like, Oh, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. The cat's snoring beside me. I know. <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> I'll watch today's episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> of course. What else? <laughs> right. Um. Speaking of Baron Dreamo, uh, he mm-hmm. gets taken away by by the Dora Malahe. That's it. Sorry, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Dora or Dora Malahe. I can never pronounce anything. I'm, I'm embarrassed. In... Dora Malage. <laughs> I think it's I've... Dora Malage. Yes. Do you know what? I feel like like the English pronunciation and the way that they pronounced it. That, do you know what? I honestly couldn't remember until you said Dora Malage. I was like, that's how they say it. <sighs> that's going to bother me. Uh, I want to be, I want to be respect. It's Dora Malage. Yes. Okay. 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 I think that okay. I think they they skip they skip by the a really fast like and so it kind of sounds like door melage but it's Dora. Okay. Anyways. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Here they so come. Here they come, taking away Zemo, taking him to the raft. Um, which you know, like to be, I I said this last episode. I think I said to her, I was like, I would not be surprised if Zemo didn't show up again. He did show up this episode, but the sentiment of what I had stayed the same from last week, which is. I felt like they couldn't do anything more with them. And I think the scene was kind of proof of that because they wrote them out. Like they were just like, okay, you're, you were just basically a plot device to get us to, you know, Madripoor and, you know, um, the door, the door Milaje want you because you, you killed um, Black Panther apparently. So I just, I was not satisfied. No. And I don't know how they're going to fix that. Or whether I think that you said you're like, you know what? They probably won't for a while. And I tend to agree Um, until Black Panther 2 comes around. Maybe maybe they've already started working on um, rewriting the script for that to -hmm. incorporate our beloved Baron. I I love it, though. I mean, he wore full fur and leather and Africa is hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Parts of Africa. 
Yeah, not all parts. Yeah, I don't know what part of the, how close they are to the equator there in Wakanda, but. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it is on, on a mm-hmm. on an actual map. I, I remember seeing it once, but I, I can't remember the top of my head. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, there's just I don't know. Like this week, like it's just I felt like last week I said a lot of things were coming together. A lot of these mm-hmm. threads were were synthesizing, and then this week I felt like everything was separate again. And I was like, okay. John Walker's doing this. Carly's Super Soldier's doing this. Sharon Power Broker has 30 seconds of screen time and she's doing this. Like it was just very <laughs> everywhere. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not that impressed with this episode. Um, but I like there's individual stories I'm like really invested in. Like this this heel turn by John Walker is it's getting delicious. There was a post credit scene this week where he's mm-hmm. making his own Captain America shield because, you know, he got his ass whooped by Sam and Bucky and lost it. So he's making his own. Um I love that. I think we're going to see him turn into U.S. agent. Yes. Um, he took one gigantic heel turn into crazy town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taken all of the medals off of his uniform and is currently <laughs> um, fixing them to his welding? shield like yeah, trophies. Jeez. Like, it looked like one of those like like toy like sheriff's deputy stars that he like welded onto his shield you're like i'm a big boy but you know or <laughs> like i'm a big boy sheriff so i'm very uh very excited to see the his runway look next week as they say yes <laughs> <laughs> okay well i mean oh god it's too it, it, it's gonna i feel like it's gonna wrap up kind of poorly but I, I mean, who knows? Like, I, I don't want to be, like, too, like, poo-poo on it because I haven't seen it yet. I'm just saying it, the way, the trajectory it, it went from after this episode, I'm like, ooh, you're going to have a hard time sticking this landing. Yeah, guys. unless they stick that landing with uh, uh, Sam dressed as Captain America and kicking everyone's ass. And Which, that's pretty much going to be it. That's going to definitely happen. Because, like, mm-hmm. the very last main scene we saw this week was him opening that box from Wakanda. We're led to believe it is a um, a new Captain America suit. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see how this how this goes yeah. down. Yeah. So um, if you, dear listeners, watchers, whoever you are out there, uh, if you have theories or comments about how you think it's going to go down, Send us an email at fullvolumepod at gmail.com. We're also available every, all of our episodes from every past Sunday are available online at www.comicbooksyndicate.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Comic Syndicate and at Comic Book Syndicate. Hashtag fullvolumepod. As always, I have been your host. Sorry, I just had to breathe out really <laughs> that <was> a lot. <laughs> I realized not only is it the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's also the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, hold on your tits. Yeah, Yeah. I'm getting, I was like, ooh, I'm emotional. Okay, I have been your host, G.I. Jolie. I'm, I've been Harvey Brent. I've always been, just always. (laughs) (laughs) All two faces of him. Both, Um, And as always, you can keep it. Wait, oh my God. Keep it loud. Keep it at full volume. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.